On this episode of the Peter Panda Podcast, I'm catching up with my big brother, Adam. Now, for some unexplainable reason, Lady Luck shined her grace upon this man yet again last summer when he drew a Montana moose tag. For the record, this is Adam's second Shiras tag, the first of which he drew in Colorado in 2020. Now, it's easy to feel animosity towards a man who draws multiple permits in a few short years that most of us wait a lifetime for, but I will say this. He's always owned up to drawing these special permits and giving them the attention and time they deserve. So listen up for what we're calling part one of Brother Adam's Montana Moose Adventure, a story still in the making. Last day of September. Already, huh? Isn't that a trip? Time goes by quick, man. It's, uh shocking to me that tomorrow morning is october but it is what it is we've both been busy hunting and making the most out of september i had a great week oh yeah yeah i had uh, a client kill a bull elk on day two of his hunt and i've called lots of bulls in this fall but this was the first bull that like hook line and sinker uh, we called the rhb the red hot bugling action the rhb we're like this bull heard my call turned on a dime at five six hundred yards and pretty much trot trotted to us and was shot at 20 yards and died in four seconds it was wonderful that's something I've never experienced. I don't know that I believe that that's how it works. It doesn't. I mean, I, I mean, for every time that that happens, you'll you'll have ninety nine other encounters with bull elk that that don't go that way. Yep. But that was that was a special, uh, a motivating kind of milestone for the middle of my guide season here. Uh, good bull. Good bull. Three oh six. Cool. And was missing his royal tine. So if you throw another 12, 15 inches on him, it's pretty damn big bull. General unit Montana, you know. More so, my client, Scott, just a good guy. Not a super experienced bow hunter and was just like so appreciative, so interested. Um, I really enjoyed hunting with him. Yeah, like a cool. total, like sometimes you, you go out with a client who's like been there, done that. And that's got its, you know, pros and cons. Right. And then hunting with a newbie has got its pros and cons too. And it was really fun this week. Yeah. I was thinking you probably see the full spectrum as far as skill, ability, and yeah. also just like excitement, eagerness, and like mind blownness. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this bull was coming in and I backed up from, I set up Scott the shooter at a bush i frantically was like oh my gosh it's coming right now it's running at us i frantically like ran 70 yards back behind him to kind of steer him and it worked perfect he comes right by scott right by the bush at 20 yards 23 yards but he's not stopping he's like on a string to me and so I got, when I saw that he was there and I saw Scott at full draw, I got on the cow call and was like, meow, 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 meow. 
like made a bunch of like frantic cow calls. Right. And that he picked up the pace. <laughs> and I was like, no, that, that, I'm trying to stop him. Yeah. And this is all happening in two, sec- two three seconds. And I like tried to make a, with my mouth, like a bleat, you know, like wh- white tail hunters would be like, Mah. right. I tried to do something like that, but I was like, my mouth was so dry. It was like, <laughs> like it was a terrible noise. That didn't work. And so I was like, I have to stop him right now. And I was laying flat in the sagebrush. And so I sat up Yeah. and I let him see me and the bulls 30 yards from me, 20 yards from Scott, you know, in a triangular shape. And when he saw me, he, you could tell he still wanted to keep coming towards me, <laughs> but he was like, Hmm, unfortunate. That doesn't <laughs> look like a cow elk. And then just got 10 ringed. Uh, perfect double lung shot. He spun, ran. I cow called again. He turned back. Oh yeah. And fell over. Oh wow. Like literally, no lie. The bull was on its side, dying in under ten seconds. It's nuts. <laughs> doesn't always go that way. No, it doesn't. It was it was beautiful. That's how I want to remember. <laughs> Elk season. <laughs> I was thinking elk season's funny or just September's funny. I think it's the time of year that we've got the most to talk about and the least amount of time to talk about it. Oh my gosh, I know. So much happens in a single day. Yeah. We come back together and we've got like a half dozen, you know. Encounters to go adventures. over. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Which is why we're here today. Because you, Brother Adam, I'll let I'll let you introduce it. What what perm- <laughs> what permit did you draw a- again? Yeah, did it again. I uh, I drew a Montana moose tag. Yeah, and this follows up on the 2020 moose plus sheep extravaganza in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. where you drew a moose tag and a sheep tag in the same year in Colorado in 2020. Yep, and you went and schwacked. A 180 ram at 12,000 feet and a 46-inch bull with a group of homies uh, in a, a highly populated moose area. World-class uh, experience, successful experiences with both those permits in 2020. Yep. A couple of years go by, and you you draw one in your now home state of Montana. Yeah, pretty cool. Crazy. So what? How many points do you have? What were the odds? I want to say I had six points. We just looked it up. I mean, it's like, you know, 0.8%, less than a percent odds on drawing it. Yeah. It's funny when it happens because you, you just, you know, get, I think I said, might have said this in another podcast, it, you know, you get the results and it's like, it's not supposed to say that. You know, you yeah, see the one yes outline something, that's like, successful and it's like. It's a glitch in the matrix huh. here. And uh, immediately you're like, well, what did I put in for? You know, <laughs> it's uh for me and where I was at with my points and what I was planning for my season, you're almost putting in a unit uh, as a placeholder for the next year's preference point. Yeah. So a little backstory on you, you have a newborn. Yeah. And I think you put in for the district you did a, a little randomly. Yeah. Looking back on it. Cause yeah, like I'm saying, it was like, okay, well, what did I, <laughs> what did I draw? I'm not someone that's going after, a specific unit with 20 points and I've been like, grew up there and it has some meaning to me. Yeah. So this was really about putting in for a place that seemed like somewhere that I could get back and forth a handful of times around the kids and the family life and all of that. 
and feel like, you know, if I were to draw, I would still be able to put in some of the time and, yeah. and still get the experience. Other than that, though, I mean, I have to admit, I, I was like, I had to be like, oh, what is this unit? Where yeah. is this? When you drew and you told me what you drew, I was like, well, why the hell did you put it in there? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's worked out pretty conveniently. It's going well. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, spoiler alert. Adam has not killed a moose yet. Nope. <laughs> but you will. And uh, this is going to be a part one of a part two series because I believe you'll kill, I believe you'll fill your tag here in the next couple weeks and uh, we'll have a, a recap of that hunt. But this part of the conversation is going to be about everything leading up to that, your scouting mm-hmm. uh, and your hunting endeavors thus far. Yeah. So you drew the permit. You had to tell your wife again, uh, hey, once in a lifetime, this conversation's been repetitive in this house. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, you know, less uh, convinced that these are, are tough to pull off. <laughs> I know. Again. Yeah, you're making it look easy. Yeah. You yep. sacrificed your unlimited season. <clears throat> yep. Because you were going to do a little sheep hunting. Yep. You know they killed uh, four rams mm-hmm. in 501? There's a yep. backstory to that too. Um, anyways, yeah. So you did. You sacrificed your sheep hunting, and you're like, I'm just okay. I got this moose tag now. I'm gonna focus on this, and my little amount of free time. It's all gonna be channeled into this new endeavor. Yeah, yeah. I was planning on having you know, uh, eight to ten days dedicated in September. Had already had that chat with the wife and was working on coverage for the kiddos and stuff. And so that really that allotment of time just totally shifted happily to to focusing here um you know i drew the tag and you know sent the obligatory text to you and randall yeah that sort of thing and how many permits are in the area well that's what i was going to get to randall's i think doing most of the research i think i was in my car when i (laughs) checked the the uh results and so randall's texting me back yeah two two tags i'm like oh damn that sounds pretty awesome do you know if one of them's a non-resident uh it's not a non-resident this year i don't think so it's It's a resident resident. okay that stuff kind of juggles it does because there's like a 10 percent cap or yeah yeah um and so you know i immediately get online and i'm trying to look up and there's just there's no there's no forum thread. There's no search result for this unit number or a story of moose in there or anything like that. And so you start to back out to more generic terms, back out to more generic terms for the area, things like that. Uh, but I really wasn't wasn't finding much. Um, it was a few weeks later, though, that our buddy Randall sent me a photo and said, hey, I think this is a moose that was killed in your unit. This homie killed a bull in your unit. And I said, that's great. I, I know who that is. <laughs> Just happened to be luck. I had met this guy at a barbecue uh, in 2020. I had my moose tag. He had his, and we were cheersing for moose hunting. Oh, too cool. Had either of you killed at that point? No, 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 no. That was during Prior. the summer of 2020. But y'all we had were the excited to, to go moose hunting in 2020. And he killed a stud moose in Montana in your now unit and i remember seeing it on social media at the time yeah thinking hey good for him that's a nice moose nice cool yep and um so i immediately reached out to him and uh so we we went out for some beers and you know he was super gracious with sharing 
his experience and um and what was his experience his experience was that he spent a ton of time over in the summer um doing all sorts of recreating he spent time archery hunting and really did not see moose and did not see much moose sign and we can get into this but this is kind of part of the story of this unit is that the numbers are not anywhere near what they used to be okay and so that kind of set an expectation it's not a lot of moose here not a lot of moose um and he had a unique experience of working working into some some cool country and, and finding some moose and then ultimately um he was also able to connect with the landowner and he was kind enough to uh, pass that contact information along as well. So pretty quickly out of the gate, I, there, there was not a lot of information, but then there was the critical information, which is that, that previous hunter. Like there's nothing yeah. better than that. Um, That's pretty fresh intel two years ago. Yeah. Or three years ago. Yep. Yep. And kind of set the expectation around. I'm not, uh, when I was in Colorado, there were a lot of moose. And I at the time, I don't think I fully understood just how rich of moose country that was yeah and the numbers that i was seeing and the ability to call in multiple moose every day and yeah that's pretty look special them over colorado man colorado's popping off yeah. with their moose yeah. and they have been for a couple of years now yeah um it became very clear that this would not be that kind of a a uh, adventure for it's gonna be a lower density adventure yep yep um so set your standards according, accordingly, but also um, I knew I wanted to get out and start getting this figured out. Um, I was then able to connect with, you know, biologist, warden, things like that. Same story across the board. Numbers are down. In fact, the biologist would really appreciate any information that I could provide. Oh, I love that. They're not able to fly for them. They're up not in know, the high in the timber. It's not an efficient way sure, to study sure. that. And so a lot of times the hunter data um, is the, the richest data that, that they get fed back. Yeah, and I think that's an important uh, role we have as hunters is to provide that information when we when we have it they've even gone so far as to provide me with a you know a, a spreadsheet where i can fill out sightings and oh, wow. data on them and things like that and so i've been filling that out throughout the summer and as i get through my hunts and stuff they also i don't know if they've done this historically but they're uh asking for a tooth yeah. so i assume they'll be you know aging, aging and doing that sort of stuff with the tooth so um yeah but it, it did kind of just like again it's you know you get all sorts of opinions about um, why maybe the numbers are down. Everything from so they used to be higher. Yeah, it's it's popularly accepted that you know twenty years ago we had, we had more moose here. Absolutely, a lot of it's predator. They feel you know I mean as you talk to different people with different opinions. Yeah, it's, it's predator. There also is something going on with a parasite that's got some numbers down. Moose are kind of fragile. Yeah, They're kind of the. Uh, uh, the parakeet in the mine chap, like they're an indicator species. I feel like yeah, they're going to be the first ones, you know, it's a low density animal to begin with. And I think they're a little fragile to predation and parasites or, or other things they encounter. Yeah. Uh, Whether it's uh, like development or ecosystem changes, I do think they really fit that like a niche, those, those areas, those riparian areas and what they need uh, to really thrive. I think some of those areas, uh, maybe they're changing to some extent. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a changing landscape. The, uh, I think it's 
pretty well-known fact that uh, a moose is an easy snack for a wolf. Mm -hmm. Easy animal to kill for a wolf. And I heard a lot of that. And wolves, you know, in the Jackson Hole area, like one of the most famous moose populations in the world, uh, when they reintroduced the wolves in the 90s into Yellowstone, there was a immediate hit on moose populations in the entire greater Yellowstone ecosystem. But I want to say that they've kind of adapted and balanced out a bit in the last 20 years. Like there, I, I hunt places close to the park that are 10 years ago, maybe you'd see a moose. And now you go in there and see six to eight. Um, yeah. Evolution. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, everything's always changing, right? So. And in May, like, in May on the East Coast, the moose get hit really hard by ticks. Mm, yeah. Can you imagine dying by ticks? No. no. <laughs> Four million ticks killed you. Oh, I wouldn't wish that upon anything. No. So they're a little fragile and their numbers are down. Yep. Uh, but yeah. So I mean, that's encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, you know, I, again, I'm not, this is not a unit that someone with 20 points is is targeting as a trophy moose unit right? right i mean the odds for me were still one percent um but that's kind of what you get into when when lightning strikes on a on a random thing like this and you're you're not necessarily putting in for yeah a top unit um but yeah i mean it you know like i said it's it's an, a unit that was close enough to home that i was able to get away for some day trips go do some hiking summertime summertime hiking just getting out um, and through speaking with the previous tag holder and putting some pieces together, felt like I was starting to target the right area of the unit, uh, where I might be getting into moose. And this really leads into, you were saying, uh, one of my, my topics could be, um, my use of trail cameras. I've never used trail cameras before. So had you previously ever owned a trail camera? I think my, the trail cameras I had were hand-me-downs from you oh, okay that i've had up at at our mountain property yeah just kind of looking at the oh, critters yeah. on the property and things like that they're fun <sighs> yeah they're fun and it's been a learning experience so what'd you do you ponied up and bought a handful of trail cameras bought a handful uh small handful um and took them over to some areas i had hiked in uh to some creek bottoms off trail to some spots where i, I did end up finding moose sign and so fresh enough moose sign, I thought, okay, cool, let's let's get some up, let's see what's in here. here. Yeah. Not necessarily with the thoughts that I would be seeing bulls that I would be targeting, but more let's let's get some eyes on some cows and figure out where the cows are and then I'll know some areas to target come late September, yep. early October. Yep. And uh really a bit of a learning experience. It's it's it can be frustrating when you you hike in, you do the work, you drop it off. You find time to get back in there a month later. Turns out you didn't turn it on. Turns out. <laughs> yeah. That that did happen at one point. Really? On one of them. Oh. Uh, some were totally different. Um, kind of looking at, at elk, at an elk wallow. Um, but I, you know, even just in this learning process of using them, had, uh, had it kind of positioned in a tighter spot. And so I got a bunch of, you know, moose noses, and butts and things like that. Um, enough to know they're they're there, but not necessarily enough to. So your cam <laughs> your cameras were too tight to the trails. In a few places, yeah. 
and it's yeah. like I've, I've experienced this with deer and elk where they'll come up you'll get these hilarious photos of just like their nose yeah. and like their face like right up they're obviously like smelling and licking the camera yeah well then i placed a few in some other places where there was there were a lot more elk and i was surprised by how curious the elk were to come up and not just to lick it and smell it but to chew on it and rub on it yeah and it'll in multiple cases to really like move the camera so now it's facing <laughs> the, the floor you know <laughs> so i've got i can show you i've got an sd card full of uh, no a damn squirrel that was coming back and forth carrying nuts and every day 10 times a day i've got this damn squirrel just going back and <laughs> forth i've got awesome. got nothing left not even hooves oh it's funny um yeah so it was kind of interesting learning some of the the tactics for getting those placed getting getting the right view um getting them secured appropriately and uh yeah i mean if you leave them out there and they're pretty obvious they're they're pretty obvious to the critters as well to go rub upon yeah i've noticed that as well i did get the one photo of that bull pushing you know a dozen or 15 cows that i shared with you elk yeah elk. yeah so it's a little bit of a, a safari for you because you know the first half of september when did your moose season open september 15th september 15th okay but elk season opened september 3rd or whatever so you kind of were able to get out and do some archery elk hunting slash moose scouting, <laughs> or did you wait until September 15th and then kind of do the whole mixed bag together? So there was this idea that I will be in some pretty good elk country, and I've got two dedicated weeks. I've got the week of whatever it was, September 18th, Yeah, perfect elk hunting time. And then I got the first week of October, which feels like perfect moose rut time. Yeah. And I did make the decision to go in with rifle and bow. You did? Yeah. You double packed. You're yeah. that guy. And uh, I really <laughs> uh, had a lot of gear for, for getting in, setting up camp, doing all this. Um, and, you know, ultimately it was it was fun. But every time I was elk hunting it felt like i should have been moose hunting all right so let's back let's back up yeah. a little bit so you're how did summer scouting wrap up did you ever you never got a big bull moose on camera no. nope i got i got cows moose yeah. we, we have to yeah. clarify yeah. species yeah. here i got cow moose uh in a few different areas that have me feeling like hey when when the rut comes around i know where to be looking that's the bait ball i did not at any point get a photo of a big bull that I thought a big bull moose that I was, you know, how to target that. And yeah. It had me really going. So, um, but if anything, the, the trail cameras you use just kind of like validated or encouraged you that like, all right, there's, there's critters in the area. I'm and not. for, for numbers being down, I'm at least looking in the right part of the unit where I do believe and know now that there are the moose. moose are in there. Yeah. Yep. So come around to this week of September 18th, I went in for five days or so, backpacked in, set Polo. up, set up camp. Yep, yep. Um, and got into really great elk country. Plenty of bugles going off. You're hearing most of them at night, weren't you? Yeah, but I mean, the, those first few hours of the day. Oh yeah. Uh, were enough to have you thinking. Did you get any close encounters? I did. Um, 
you know, I've been elk hunt, I've been archery elk hunting with you a handful of times. Mm-hmm. Everything else that I've ever done annually for the past five years has been me solo. Yeah, which is so cool. It's cool, and it's also it's a steep learning curve. Yeah, I think it's uh, uh, the most productive learning curve because there's no you have to make your own decisions. Yeah, and you have to live with them, and you have to learn from them. And it's so easy when you're with someone else to defer. And I'm not saying that's always a bad thing. Uh, especially if you're with someone more experienced, it's a great learning opportunity, but it's easy with, when you have a hunting partner to not take full responsibility for the decisions made, yes. be like, well, I don't know. We just kind of went over here because we wanted to go. I, yeah. When you're I, alone, you calculate everything a bit more. Right. Yeah. I've, I appreciate that side of it there is also naturally an advantage to a two-person setup on an elk particularly with the call and response and (laughs) so that element of the learning curve along with setups solo setups um has been has taken me a while to to get there um i'll also say for hunting you know i've i've always enjoyed hunting solo when you and i hunt together i feel like we're neither one of us has to feel bad about pushing the other too hard or we're, you know, it seems like we're on a similar wavelength and a similar, uh, level of activity. And as far as like endurance or like who gets to kill something or what? Um, no, I'm in this case, I'm talking about the endurance and just the general go get it, uh, whatever it takes type mentality. We're going to go up, we're going to go down, we're going to go up, we're going to go down. The minute that I'm with someone else, that's not you, there's a tendency to be more accommodating. Mm. And I think that really throws me off a bit because I'm quick to want to be accommodating and it leaves me feeling like I didn't really go <laughs> so your, out. Your do. conclusion is if I can't go home with Pete, I'm going by myself, <laughs> <laughs> which might, no, might, no. might work out for you. No. Uh, but especially with, with something like elk hunting where you are just, just moving and, um, those are long days in the mountains. It's very, yeah. And very involved, very interactive, very involved, uh, style of hunting. Yeah. So you did this recent stint of a, of a solo backpack trip to go combo moose and elk hunting. Yeah. And it just ended up like, you know, in the morning I would go in glass and I'd have my spotter and my tripod and my rifle and, and my bow. Yeah. And then I would want to be prepared <laughs> to just like drop in cause there's bugles underneath me. Okay. So just to clarify for people not aware of how, all these seasons unfold. It is archery elk and deer season right now, but starting September 15th, it opened for sheep, goat, moose, and black bear rifle. So if you're crazy enough, you could carry a rifle and an orange vest and your bow and hunt all of these animals. Yeah. And I don't know that I'd advise it. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. It was uh, it was a bit distracting, and it, you know, at the end of the days, when the when the uh, the elk stocks don't work out, you feel like you should have spent more time looking for moose. And when uh, when you're not seeing moose, you feel like you should be chasing the bugles. And there was a bit of that wrestling the whole week in my head. So your average morning on this recent trip, uh, you're hearing bugles all night, elk bugles all night, uh, and then you would hunt elk for the first hour or two of the day. Yep. And yep. any close calls? I did have a few close calls. Um, my closest call was probably, um, on my final night, I was getting back to camp and it was at last light and it was just bugles all around. Uh, And I had just poured water to start cooking dinner. 
And I thought, you know, I'm just going to let some of these cow calls go. I've got probably, literally, I've probably got four more minutes of oh, shooting, shooting light, light. <laughs> but they're, they're just all around me. <laughs> and I'd had one and I literally had to peek around from my tent and look over a hill and his head was up and looking right at me. How far? He was at 75 yards. How big? Couldn't really, I'm not a great judge. Branch anyway, antler but, bull? But yeah, five to six point. Full frame bull, Would have yeah. been, I never ever would have questioned yeah. shooting him. And um, just one of those kind of like always be prepared things that I didn't follow closely enough. And he knew that I wasn't a cow but god he really wished i was and mm-hmm. so we did this dance out across the field at last light um and eventually it hit one of his cows barked at me and he peeled off but there was that dance from 75 yards to 100 yards back to 75 yards 80 yards 65 yards dark and then he was off yeah um, that's cool so that was cool and then i had an encounter on my last day where at one point i heard a moose uh, raking and grunting below me. I was going to say, how do you know if it's a moose raking? But if the grunt. The grunt. The grunt. The grunt's like. the giveaway. So uh, uh, just if you don't know what a moose sounds like, I, I will demonstrate. <laughs> I will say a moose, a bull moose will grunt like this. Ooh. Ooh. And a cow moose, when she's in estrus and trying to get, trying to get bred up, she'll go like, so weird but i swear to god this is what it sounds like yeah it's very unique noises that's pretty good i'm not gonna even redo it i think that's close enough <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but for the listeners sake please don't <laughs> the one thing that i found too that i i think and i don't know that i've quite heard it enough but with this moose raking it was clear to me that it was raking on larger sticks and timber, whereas the elk raking that I've seen have been into smaller hmm. trees, and it's more of a whoosh, 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 whoosh. whereas the with the bull moose, it's like a knock. Well, I, I think that probably has more to do with the shape of the antler. Yeah, the paddle itself uh, yeah. resonate like a it's a bo- it's a board, not a stick. Yes, so that's kind of an interesting. So you heard one. Absolutely had one below me midweek. A cow called to him and he kind of shut up. Yeah. You know, it's like that uh, pre that pre rut. Maybe I should have worked in on him a little more or whatever. But um so anyway, this this other close elk encounter that I had, I I heard some raking and then took two steps and I could actually see through the trees a small tree whipping. Yes. Back and forth, just violently slapping over left I and love right. It. Yes. And tried to do some cow calls to get his attention. Didn't really work out. And then I, I thought, well, I'll just see if I can make a move in on him and yeah. kind of get aggressive. And I went towards him and he was gone when I got there. But there was the, you know, the sapling that was just freshly oh, thrashed cool. and everything. So that was cool. I also had the frustrating deal where I had a, a camera over a wallow that um, I hunted over a few nights and it was like each night I didn't go and hunt there. The bulls were all elk stop. I'm I'm sorry. The elk were all stopping by and going crazy and shooting light. And so that was kind of a close call in like, man, I'm 
damned if you do, damned if you yeah, don't. Yeah, right. If one of these nights works out, I'll be here for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, by the time you're up at your glassing spot and then down doing the elk and I've got my spotter and my rifle and my bow and this and that, it was, yeah. you know, it was kind of a long week of like hauling that around out and there. getting around. Um, it did, though put me in a position one day midday the, there were no elk bugling and i went down into some aspens and i called for moose and gave the cow call that you just showed us and very quickly i did have uh, a younger bull come in on oh, that call that's the video you share me yeah and that's I just so that cool my instagram how close did did that bull come to you? I think I probably got to within 15 feet of him that's or so. Feet? Not oh, sorry, not 15 yards. 15 yards, so, okay. Yeah. That's, it, looked, um, it looked close. And, you know, because I've got the experience in Colorado where I was kind of setting up over these bigger openings. you got to create shot opportunities. And the bull would kind of come out into the opening and show its side and kind of work back and forth and then make a pass by where it thinks you are. In this case, it was thick Aspens. And so all of a sudden he's just there right looking right him. at me. And then I was able to cow call a few more times to bring him up a bit closer. And then he kind of was pacing in front of me. It's my best close distance. estimation from that video. It's probably like a three-year-old bull. Yeah. I mean, he's not he's probably like, 30, not like a juvenile. I think he did. He had, you know, front forks that yeah, we're starting points. to split and stuff, but not a not a bull I was going to target. But we, yeah, we need to back up though because there was <laughs> on opening morning there was a yeah. nice moose spotted. Yeah, right. Um, opening day made a trip over there just for the morning. I've got a glassing spot over some good moose country that I'm excited about, and at seven ten. This is prior to your trip. This is prior to the trip. I just did a, a one morning. Go have go put eyes go out. Go over there. Yep, I had a day off and just, you know, let's go over there for, for opener. And um, got a, a bull moose at probably 800 yards or so out and across this valley. And got, got really good video of him. Got some stills. And, you know, it's funny. After a week of working your butt off in there, you start thinking, oh my gosh, I hope I can turn that thing up again. See, so you, you, uh, you passed him. I passed, I mean. You could have gone after him and killed him. Could have gone after him. But you're like, day one, that's cool. This looks good. I've got two different backpacking trips planned in here. No rush. Yeah, this log, log the data, feel some degree of confidence that he's in this area. I think it's the right decision. Yeah, Especially because you got a 46-inch Shires moose on the wall already. <laughs> like, you can comfortably – I bet the average Shires moose across all of America, Western America, is probably under 30 inches. A lot of dinks get shot. Yeah. And I think there's a couple different reasons for that. People want to shoot them close to a road. People don't want to eat the tag. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where – Social media can really skew the perspective of things because people aren't what? necessarily. Uh, <laughs> never heard that. <laughs> people aren't necessarily posting all of their dinks, and then you see some stuff, and you're like, "God, I gotta wait and find that one or one like that." And it's like, I don't, I don't know that those type of bulls exist <laughs> in all. How long did you watch that bull? So the bull on opening day when you're glassing, what what are we calling that? That's it's got to be a five year old, forty inch bull. 
I've I not at the time I I didn't really know we now I've shared the photo a bit gotten some perspective on it and we're thinking it's probably a 40 inch bull the one thing about my Colorado Shiris it's 46 inches wide it is only a split brow tine on the one side which is kind of cool because he's got the dagger on the other side but um I have thought it would be cool to have another moose with some character on the front forks. I'm looking at the Colorado moose right now. It's right above my left shoulder. It's it's a stud. Um, and moose score so weird. Don't I will never. Moose, I, yeah. moose and caribou are the most bullshit score systems. Yeah, I don't want to give it too much credit on like that's the reason why because it would be the score. But I do think um, in my head for the character of some forks, this thing that I saw on opening day had a lot going on at the front forks. He did like yeah. a, a two by two or, th or th at least a two by two, maybe some other stuff going on. He was you know well across the valley. You could uh, tell by the video it's a mature bull moose. Yeah, it's One, not, I'd be it's very not happy. A, to it's not a youngster. No. Um, but opening day. Uh, but my wife was very quick to say, you know, we've had this talk and we've you've talked about your anxiety that the moose numbers are, are low and you're not waiting for a giant. And are Why you sure you, you don't want to kill that one? Oh, like live action? You texting her? <laughs> live action. And, and right when I got home, like, huh. You're like, shit. That's I not have... the plan that you said that you were running there. Maybe I did, <laughs> maybe I did that wrong. And you're like, well, no, I don't think it was like that. And then, you know my first week of hunting goes by and I haven't seen him again. I start looking at the video and really cutting up the video. I'm like, oh, oh, I think he was that. Up, you know, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, a very cool first week in there had some, some moose encounters called the one in. Mm -hmm. I will say the, the funny thing about and I, just my experience, I've only spent so much time close to elk and, and close to moose, but elk, it's like, you've got an, a few moments or instants of it being around you before it's on to you, it's off, mm. you know, like you're hoping that you can work a shot. Highly alert, time. highly alert animal. Oh my God. Um, the moose, it really feels like, and again, this was a juvenile hanging out, but it was my experience in Colorado as well. Even after they know that you're not a cow, they really hope you're a cow. Well, and they know they're so big. I think uh, they go cross-eyed with that rut and that and that lust that, and they know they're a fifteen hundred pound, yeah. eight foot tall deer. And even if they don't, yeah, I know it, I see it, and I've seen it in Alaska quite a bit too, where it's like the gig's up. But now I think the bull might just come kill us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this, this went from cool to dangerous. Yeah. So I, you know, I kind of like mocked to full draw a couple times just telling myself oh. like hey you haven't killed an elk with your bow but you <laughs> could have killed that moose with your bow and then even after that you know you'd kind of like to get on to your next set or your next area and, and figure it out and he's just kind of like lingering up the hill 30 yards behind me and so i kind of walked out I, I didn't want to have him run off and cause a big commotion and so i'm trying to like yeah. get past him it's just a, it's just a, and he's a just liability coming back like are you sure you're like get are out you of sure here you're not a cow like, i'm gonna kill you if you come in again. yeah so that that experience and being up close with moose is is pretty interesting in that way well i'll tell you i've been seeing moose just about every day right now out where i'm at <laughs> very jealous to hear that well i ain't seen anything big yeah 
But yeah, I think I texted you the other morning. I saw six moose from the glassy knob I was at. And two of the six were young two-year-old bulls. And they, you know, they're the first to get excited for the party, right? And they were running around and doing the thing. Yeah. So tell me what's next. Well, I meant to uh, mention I had where I saw this this one real nice moose. I uh, midway through the week of me hunting this area, I had a hunter get in touch with a rancher in the area and mention that he saw the biggest moose of his life. And that rancher called, called you. No, I'm sorry. The, the rancher gave my phone number to the hunter. I was like, you should talk to this dude. He's got a tag. Yeah. And so I said, yeah, okay. I, you know, I'm, I'm laying in my tent. I'm eating mountain house and I'm chatting with this guy on the phone. And he's telling me, you know, this is the biggest moose I've ever seen. This is a 50 inch moose. Whoa. And, uh, slow down. Yeah. And so, Anyway, we're, we're hunting in the same area. So I said, that's... He's elk hunting. He's elk hunting. And so uh, I, I know people see a moose and they're just big. And you see a moose in the timbers up close and, you know, this idea of like real having perspective or a score or something like that. It's not easy to convey once you get to a full size or a full adult what's real, real big. And what's just a damn big animal on the mm-hmm. hoof. And so anyway, I, uh, with respectable, respectable skepticism, mm. I said, you know what? I've got some footage of a moose in that area. Let me show you this. Why don't I send you this? And you can tell me. And he, he quickly said, yeah, you that's know, it. real, no, just real similar. Can't say it was or wasn't. And so okay. that's got me in my head thinking, well, are there, are there two nice moose in well, there? Well, there sure could be. And yeah, yeah. Or or at the very least, uh, this one that I haven't seen now for two weeks, he had eyes on at it least a he's week still in the ago, and he's in the neighborhood. And so, yeah, I believe he still is, yes. Um, I have a few spots moving forward now that I'm just eager to get into because they're kind of areas I developed on my own. And, and they're a little uh, roadless. Yeah, yep, yep. We're going to be calling up Vern to bring some horses in. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, back to your point about people thinking all moose are big. Quick side story. One time I was hunting moose in northwest Wyoming. And there were a lot of moose in this area. And we'd seen several moose throughout the day. But uh, obviously very limited moose permits. And there's a plethora of elk hunters around. So we were quick to pull into elk camps and be like, hey, what's up? We're we're not hunting elk. We're hunting moose. Have you seen anything? And everybody was very helpful and forthcoming, you know, if they had seen something. Long story short, uh, we bump into this couple on the road. We start talking to them like, hey, we're, we're moose hunting. Have you seen any moose? And I believe it to be a husband and wife. And the gal goes, oh, my goodness. Yes, we we just saw the biggest moose on planet Earth. <laughs> and we're like, yes, this is this is the contact we wanted. This is the information we wanted. We're we're peeking with interest and we're like, awesome. You know, where was it? I happen to be looking for the yep. biggest moose on Earth. Yeah, and they tell <laughs> they're like, you know, it's a couple of miles back here and derp derp and we're like, that's great. So how 
how if you had to guess how wide or uh, you know how what would the fronts look like she was like oh no it wasn't a bull it, <laughs> it was a cow moose but it was the size of a freaking horse <laughs> and i was like okay we are not all speaking the same language out here that's like when i i told you when you walked in the door we got our mom in town yeah same story <laughs> my, my, <laughs> My mom gets home and said, you got the biggest deer down at the bottom of your neighborhood. I thought, oh, my God. And there are big deer in this neighborhood. Yeah, I said, let's, you know, let's go for a walk and go find it. You know, what kind of what kind of buck was it? Oh, no. No, it was a doe, but just real big. Just like, a big, thick girl. Yeah, we don't use terms <laughs> like that to describe does so around funny. here. This is, you're getting me all worked up. Yeah, you got to gauge. You got to you gotta have that uh, spec, to, you know, you got to. Yeah take people's uh experiences with a grain of salt so um megan's at a bachelorette party party got my mom in town this weekend and then she's gonna help with some coverage that's uh she's my mom too next week she was my mom first yeah that's true you got me on that <laughs> one. but i think it's it's popularly accepted that she loves me more um <laughs> uh so monday morning i'll be back at it and i've got the week ahead to be over there what's your forecast forecast looks great looks wet this weekend no uh, maybe did it back off kind of backed off um looks like it'll be in the 60s and down into the low 40s and it should be pretty comfortable um i've got a few of these places that i want to hike into and go see and it will be an interesting uh, dance around how quickly I work to develop some of these areas where I found sign. I know there's cows, but I haven't laid eyes on anything and how quickly I go back to what's known and try to turn up, um, the moose that I now would be very, very pleased with and all that, or, or find a different one there. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how some of that plays out and, you know, how many days I ultimately take, but it'll be, you know, kind of load up the, the ATV and plan to do a little bit of everything, pop it into some different zones there. What, uh, where you at with your elk tag and carrying a bow and a rifle? How committed are you to killing a moose with a bow? What, where you at? I don't know that I was ever committed to killing a moose with a bow. I think I will probably just carry the rifle now. And you can carry the rifle now and there's gonna be a bull elk at ten yards. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta be My okay. I think I gotta be okay with would that. Would be be a rifle hunter, but have the bow at camp or have the bow on your backpack or on the ATV around. It just doesn't Even help me at, at camp. It doesn't help me at the know. truck. It doesn't help me at the, you know, and then I, I carry know. it into camp and then I got to. Well, your rifle's good. Your rifle's good for a black bear and a moose in the area. Yep. Uh, your bow would be good for all of those plus elk and deer. But you kind of got to, you probably got to stay in your lane and focus on what you're doing. I think given the time, relative time constraint with you know, family and work and all the things. Um, it's probably to leave that home as a distraction versus how long is mom going here? elk hunting? Oh, they just bought a house. She's in town to Un- indefinitely. <laughs> yeah. They just bought a house yeah. over in paradise. I think they'll drive when they go home. So, um, 
so yeah, I, th- I think I'm pretty comfortable and I feel like I've given my elk days and my elk, my elk lust was pretty well spent over the past week. And, um, I feel like, you know, next year I'm, I'm a few steps ahead of where I was this year mm. for archery elk hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, you ain't going to have a moose tag next year. No, no. So I think I'm pretty confident in just running the gun and, uh getting in and out of my spots and moving a little bit more freely than I was. I am guiding again this coming week, and I hope so badly that my client tags out quickly and I can hustle over and hunt with you. Yeah, that'd be great. At the very least, I would drop everything and come pack one out. (laughs) You're on the list. Yeah. Uh, It's a list I don't know. List that uh, you might not want to be on, but, you know, I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. I know I've got a few people that I'm like. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> we got we got friends and horses and mules around. Yeah, I think a majority, if not all, of the hunting itself will be done solo, which is just kind of cool. Um, might end up looping in with Randall for a few days, which is you know always the best time. Well, he is a doctor, so that could be helpful. That definitely comes in. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The academic advances that he could uh, provide you with are really. Yeah probably helpful (laughs) he's also a moose killer he's killed a montana moose yeah he's a big moose killer big moose guy yeah yeah that's his backyard now so monday you packed up what do you what's left to do before you hit the road i just went and bought some more some more snacks so i can get my food put together love a good snack pack uh i feel pretty well put together got the truck cleaned out a little bit washed off the atv your truck looked very clean and then i realized <laughs> your back bumper smashed in oh don't worry about just that. a little bit oh, just a little yeah yeah you should see my truck <laughs> <laughs> all right very good well this this part one and uh we're gonna have this conversation again hopefully like in a week or something yeah, let's do it. Over a uh over a, a traeger full of moose meat. Yeah. Roasting out back and holding some antlers and getting to hear the, the full recap. I hope you find the bull that you uh saw opening day and I, I hope even more you find his his big brother. Yeah. Right. Good luck. Stay safe. Thanks, bud. Don't miss it.